That gospel story that Sarah just read comes in between the gospel stories that we've heard the past two weeks. Two weeks ago on Easter Sunday, we read about what happened early in the morning when the women came to the tomb and found it empty, and how the risen Jesus appeared to them, showing himself to be alive. Last Sunday, we heard what happened later that same evening, as the disciples gathered in fear behind locked doors, and the risen Jesus appeared behind those locked doors, saying, Peace be with you. One appearance of Jesus early in the morning, another appearance of Jesus late in the evening, kind of makes you wonder what he was doing the rest of the day, right? Well, you're in luck. Our reading for this week from Luke fills in quite a bit of that time. It doesn't fill in the entire day. At some point during that day, Jesus appeared to Simon Peter. We don't know when or where that happened or anything about that encounter, only that it happened sometime that day. There are other times of that day when Jesus was probably alone. Perhaps he spent some time sitting by the seashore. Maybe he stood on top of the mountain where he had once preached to the multitudes. What we don't know, but what we do know is that he seemed to appear and disappear at will, so he really could have been anywhere that day. We also know that he spent a couple hours of that afternoon taking a walk. If you had been bound up in a tomb for three days, you'd want to get out, take a walk, get some fresh air too. But this walk that Jesus took on that afternoon of the first Easter, it wasn't just about fresh air, it wasn't just for exercise. This was another encounter in which Jesus revealed himself alive to some of his followers. The followers in this case, we don't know much about. Luke introduces them simply by saying, two of them. Two of them. Two, two of who? Luke doesn't say. But clearly he means two of Jesus' followers. They were not members of the twelve disciples, but they were members of that group outside of the twelve who were also referred to as disciples. In talking to Jesus about what had just happened, they refer to the women who went to the empty tomb that morning as some of our women. They call Peter and John, who ran to the tomb and also found it empty, some of our companions. They were clearly a part of that group of close disciples, even though they were not members of the Twelve. They had followed Jesus from place to place. They had heard many of his teachings, witnessed many of his miracles, believed in his power, hoped that he was the one, but not any longer. Their dreams had been dashed by the crucifixion. Their hopes were all in the past. Now they were in this mysterious, bewildering, in-between place. This place where you can't go back to where you came from, but you don't know where you're going. Luke says that they were on their way to the village of Emmaus, about a seven-mile walk from Jerusalem. Why they were going to Emmaus is unknown. The other disciples were huddled in a room back in Jerusalem, but these two disciples seem to have decided that their business in Jerusalem had come to an end. Jesus was dead. Their movement had been defeated. Nothing to do but go off and lick their wounds. The name Emmaus literally means warm springs. 
Perhaps they were on their way there to soak their tired bodies in the warm springs of water found there, allowing their grieving souls to rest as their disappointed hopes and failed dreams washed away. They hadn't reached Emmaus yet, but they have left Jerusalem behind. They're not yet ready for the ins and outs of everyday life, but the visions and plans that had so recently filled them with excitement are now a thing of the past. That's the in-between space that they were walking, physically on the way to, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, spiritually lost in a muddle, confused about where they had been, blind to where they were going. And as they walked along the way, Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. They didn't know it was Jesus. That shows just how truly lost they were. A moment ago, they had been walking along talking about Jesus. Now they are walking along talking to Jesus, but they haven't the slightest clue who Jesus is. They tell Jesus that some of the women and some of their companions had gone to the tomb that morning and discovered that the body was missing. They recount the rumor that some angels claimed Jesus to be alive but they don't know what to make of that claim. They say to the living Jesus walking beside them, still unaware of who this mysterious stranger really is. Have you ever been out somewhere and you you see someone you know except you don't really remember who they are? You recognize the face, you have a feeling that you ought to know the name, but you don't. You can't even remember why you think you know them, where you might know them from. You you run through the list of associations in your head. Are they from work? No. Are they from church? I don't think so. Do they live up the street? Are we related somehow? Perhaps you make eye contact, give one another the head nod or a friendly wave, smile of recognition on your face, all the while you're thinking, I hope they don't come over here and talk to me because I have no idea who they are. (laughs) There might have been some of that going on in this story. The disciples were seeing Jesus completely out of context and at a time when they had no expectation of seeing him. After all, rumors to the contrary, as far as they knew, Jesus was still dead. But I think there had to have been even more going on here than simply seeing Jesus out of context. They had just been talking about Jesus when Jesus showed up. It's not like he was the last thing from their minds. He was all they could think about. When Jesus appeared to them along the way to Emmaus, he asked them what they had been talking about. One of them asked Jesus, Are you the only one who doesn't know what has happened the past few days? Imagine that, asking Jesus... If he's the only one who doesn't know what's happened with Jesus. The man he's asking this question of turns out to be the only one who truly does know what has happened with Jesus. They think they know. They know some of the story. They can share the details of his death on the cross and burial in the tomb and the stone rolled away and the missing body. But they still don't understand what it all meant. They still don't know what really happened. Jesus was the one 
that it had happened too. He is the one who lived it, every moment of it. He's the one who felt the nails. He's the one who had died and descended to the underworld. He's the one who had seen paradise with his own eyes. He's the one who had been inside of the tomb before the stone was rolled away. He's the one who knew exactly what had happened to the body because he was living in it right then and there. Are you the only one who doesn't know what happened? Indeed, he's the only one who did. These two disciples did not yet believe in the resurrection, but it's not like they were being stubborn. They, they, they weren't like Thomas, who would later refuse to believe after all the others had seen the risen Christ. These two disciples, walking along the way, didn't know what to believe. They were lost, befuddled. They were, they were trying to piece it all together, but the pieces just didn't fit. So Jesus started to make the pieces fit. Jesus started putting the pieces back together. Luke tells us, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Except he didn't say it was about himself. He said it was about the Son of Man. They still didn't know that that was him. But something was starting to take hold. Through his teaching, by his presence, as Jesus traveled along the way with them, they were beginning to feel something begin to stir within them. Later that evening, when their eyes were finally opened, they would say to one another, were not our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the way and explained the scriptures to us? Even before their eyes were opened, even before they recognized the living Jesus for who he was, they felt something, some truth stirring within, a truth that they couldn't yet grasp or explain, a truth that they couldn't comprehend in their heads, but, but which they were beginning to feel within their hearts. When they came to Emmaus, this stranger whose words and presence had begun to warm their hearts, pretended as if he would press on and leave them, but they pressed him to stay. It was late, it was time for dinner and for rest. And so this person who had shown up as a mysterious stranger remained with them as a friend. And this person who was their guest, suddenly he became the host. Luke tells us after he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Had they been there with Jesus when he had performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000? Perhaps they remembered him blessing and breaking the bread and thereby revealing his glory before the multitudes? Perhaps they had even been with him three nights earlier, gathered with the other disciples for the Passover meal when Jesus had taken the bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them, saying, whenever you do this, remember me. Whenever you do this, remember me. And so they did. 
So they did. When Jesus blessed and broke the bread and gave it to him, to them, they remembered. And when I say they remembered, I don't just mean that they recalled in their minds what he had said and done three days ago. They remembered. They put the pieces back together. In breaking open the word to them and breaking open the bread for them, Jesus put all the pieces in place for them. He allowed them to see himself, Jesus, right in front of them for who he was and is. To see Jesus alive and with them even in that very moment. I think it's significant that Emmaus is located west of Jerusalem and that this story takes place later in the day. What that means is that those two disciples started out walking toward the sunset. I don't mean to imply by that, as some have suggested, that they couldn't recognize Jesus because they were blinded by the setting sun in front of them. What I mean is that in their conversation. And in their attitudes, their mindset, these two disciples are acting as if the story is all over. Jesus has died. The one they have put their hopes in had been defeated. Walking into the sunset simply adds symbolism to the reality of how they felt. Defeated, nothing to do but pack it in, go home, fade away. All of their conversations between these two disciples That day, walking along that road, all of it focused on the past, who Jesus had been. Remember what they said to Jesus before they knew it was him? We had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. No more. They were looking to the Jesus of the past rather than the present. They were wishing nostalgically for a Jesus they thought they had known, mooning over a Jesus they thought they had all figured out, dreaming about the Jesus they thought was going to perform according to their expectations. That Jesus was gone, never to be heard from again. But the true Jesus, the risen Jesus, the living and present Jesus. He was right there in their midst, all along the way. They couldn't see him because they were so focused on their mistaken concepts of the past. The real Jesus is in the here and now. They were walking drearily into the setting sun all the while missing the radiance of the sun walking in their very presence. The risen Jesus is with us every day. He walks along beside us. He talks with us, but too often we fail to recognize him because we're facing the wrong way. Like the disciples along the road to Emmaus, like Peter looking into the empty tomb, we look longingly into the past, longing for what might have been. Rather than seeing Jesus in the present, realizing what can now be because Christ is alive. Jesus' actions in that meal 
along the way to Emmaus, broke down whatever resistance may have remained in those two disciples. Their hearts were refreshed by the warm springs of Christ's presence. They remembered his promise that he would be raised on the third day and would be with them always. They suddenly became aware that the stranger walking along the way with them was actually the savior that had gone on before them to prepare the way. The guest whom they had led to Emmaus was actually the Lord who had led them along every step of their journey, even when they were completely unaware. As Jesus broke open the word for them, their hearts were strangely warmed. As Jesus broke open the bread for them, their eyes were opened. The mystery became reality. Christ was revealed. They, they still couldn't understand it, and yet they knew it to be true. They believed it. Jesus is alive. Jesus is here. Right here. No longer were they trying to recapture some figment of the past, of who they thought Jesus was going to be. No longer were they mooning over what might have been or what should have been or how things used to be. Now, for the first time, they were alive to the presence of the living Christ. You might not be able to fully understand it. That's okay. The, the disciples didn't understand it at the time either. But it makes all the difference in the world when you believe it. When you know it to be true, Jesus is alive. He is here with you now. No matter where you have been headed, no matter what road you've been going down, Jesus has been with you all along the way, trying to make himself known to you, trying to open you to the truth of his living presence. Perhaps, perhaps there's someone here who is feeling as befuddled as those disciples were while they limped into the setting sun that evening. Things have not turned out the way you had expected. Things you had hoped for have not come to pass. Things you had dreamed about seem nothing more than a distant fantasy. Perhaps even God feels like a distant fantasy. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is alive. And that he is here. I'm here to tell you that he has not forgotten you or forsaken you. In fact, he has been walking right along beside you the whole time. You may not have known it. You may not have recognized him for who he is. He might have felt as distant and mysterious as a stranger, but he was there. And he is here now. Jesus is alive. I pray for your heart to be set on fire by that truth. 
I pray for your eyes to be open to see the resurrected Christ in your presence, even now. Amen.